Welcome back to the podcast, Vintage and Stuff with Drew Heifetz. I've been calling it Vintage and Things on all these other episodes, so Vintage and Stuff, Vintage and Things, either way, here we are. I have a very special guest today. Murder, death, rocus. Oh my god. Super emo. Super metal. Okay, drop the emo part. <laughs> Keep the metal. Stoked to have you here. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. So, just some context here. Meredith runs Shop Low Life. She is the owner operator. Been in the vintage game for how long? Um, I started when I was 19 and I'm 24, so... Oh, right! Oh, I see! <laughs> no, I've been doing it for, um, almost 14 years now. Damn! I know, I just really aged myself. You did. You're my first female guest. Wow. How do you feel about that? I feel great. You're representing all the lady pickers out there. I mean, that makes me a little bit nervous, but... I think it should be okay. Sweet. Well, I'm stoked to have you here. We've been friends for over 10 years, right? I know. I used to party at your house. Okay, like <laughs> one time, one, like maybe twice. It still happened. It counts. I know. It was a fun time. So give us a rundown of how you got into the vintage game. Um, I started in vintage when I was... 19 and I had just gone to fashion school and were you into vintage as a kid like I was yeah work? yeah so like I grew up in White Rock and I always think I wanted to look a little bit different than everyone there which is kind of easy anyways but um my ground rocks a suburb of Vancouver here like what <laughs> half hour from the city yeah yeah um, my grandma used to take me to Value Village and then we'd find stuff and remake it so it looked like cool in fashion. Yeah. So your grandma sewed? Yeah. And she taught me how to sew. And then... Um, Are you still sewing today? I do a bit. Not like... It's not my first choice of things to do. But yeah, like I like reworking anything. My like whole motto is chop it all and bleach it all. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then after fashion school, I... What, like your choices in the city are kind of limited and so I wasn't hot enough to work at American Apparel oh come on now <laughs> give yourself some credit and so I ended up going and working at Mintage and there it kind of like started this on and off love affair with Vintage so and question you went, to the, you went to fashion design school I didn't go to design I went for merchandising okay mm -hmm. Did you think you'd end up here? What was your no. what was your aspirations in school? I mean, to be honest, I wanted to be an artist, but I was like, I don't really know how that works, so I guess I'll just style people, which I didn't do for a while. Artist meaning you wanted to paint? Yeah, I just wanted to paint. That's nice. all I wanted to do was paint and make clothes. You painted this jacket you wore in today? Yeah. And so, it's amazing. I wish everybody could see it. Um, But the thing about it is, is like, now I do all the things that I, I thought I couldn't do and whether people like it or not they have to look at it so <laughs> so what are those things I mean we at the shop I have um my good friend Ali she picks for me and she works at the shop and we take lots of stuff and rework it so we'll do like like the chop and bleach yeah uh we do like a bit of dyeing and then we do um, prints on vintage items too. So, Sweet. yeah. So, you and Allie. Mm hmm. Two peas in a pod. Thick as these, man. Yeah. You guys live together, right? We live together. I style her band. Like, we, we are rarely apart. Yeah. She grew up in White Rock too, but we like went to different high schools. And so we always were kind of like aware of each other, but never were friends. No way. Yeah, it was. it's kind of weird. And then after high school, we would run into each other at, like, shows. And then always really liked each other. And then when I started my wholesale company, she started picking for me. And, yeah. So how is it working with your best friend? Mm, 
Because it never really worked out for me, I tell you that. Really? No. It's, like, honestly the best. Her and I, like, the dynamic we have is, like, I think pretty special because even if we argue, we argue like sisters. So, like, we're mad, but then we're over it within a 20-minute time frame. Yeah, that's cool. And so... Yeah, and I mean, we both... Scream at each other for a few minutes and get it out. Uh, she would, like, she We've never screamed at each other. I think she would die if she screamed at me. Like, she's... She gets upset But have you she, screamed at your sister? No. Uh, I have three sisters, so I'm sure... You have three sisters? Yeah. Oh, I only know the one. Yeah. I think... I've, I've definitely screamed at the oldest one, but not Andrea. No. Well, I've screamed at Jesse many times. Really? He screamed at me. We used to beat each other up. That's boys, though. It's Girls true. do, like, more but malicious things than that. <laughs> we, like, slowly... And then like, don't they scream about it? No, we, like, slowly burn each other, and then it's, like, in the end, it's way worse than getting yelled at. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Not so that I've ever you've done never that. had to... Obviously, you haven't fired her yet, so that's a pretty good scenario. I mean, I'm You're... never going to fire her. Like... Even if she doesn't show up to work one day. I mean, she... She, she's been late plenty of times, but the thing is, like, I don't know. It just works really well, and I trust her, which is, like, huge for me. Like, I don't really trust a lot of people, and she, like, yeah, she really, like, has helped me create the brand that I want, so. Nice. Yeah. Well, um, I like what you guys have created. Thank you. And it really meshes with your lifestyles. Mm Mm-hmm. Bad couple of rockers. Just the baddest rockers ever. <laughs> um, I had... You remember Seth? Oh, yeah. He yeah. probably came to me to party at your house back yes, in those days. Yes, absolutely. He was a friend who worked for me, and I fired his ass after the Olympics because he basically didn't come to work for a week. That one didn't end up too good. No. Because we were partying together, but it's like, I'm the boss, so... Do as I say, not as I do, right? That's, like, my whole thing, too. Like, I mean, I've had to get rid of staff before because of that. But, yeah, I mean, it's different with Allie. Nice. <laughs> and, like... So, do you have other staff besides Allie? Uh, yeah, I actually just hired two new girls. One is kind of, like, runs, ev- like, all the things that I just, like, don't have the time to do or, like the want to do so like going and dropping off orders and things like that for me um and then she's gonna start doing some shop shifts i really we like mesh really well she was a customer that just like has taken a lot of interest in the store and then the other her like the other girl is um she's quite young but she's like very very mature and awesome and she does sundays for me and she's been killing it so nice i have no complaints so we can't really shit talk your new employees i guess but no and do you want me to shit talk ali is that what i just you're want you to, to shit talk anybody really i just want shit talk like, i just want this to uh, be the biggest gossip podcast mm, we can come up with mm-hmm. I'm sure that would, like, really make my reputation in this town just shine. Great ratings. That's what's important. Oh, ratings. Yes, okay. ratings. <laughs> I so, mean... how do you feel, like, I have such such a hard time keeping staff right now. Yeah. Or finding staff. Because yeah. nobody wants to work. Yeah. We'll say it, but the millennial generation mm-hmm. doesn't really want to work. They think mm-hmm. they can all just go online, make money on Instagram, or who knows what they're doing. I don't know, but... Yeah, I definitely... They don't want to work. I definitely feel that and have had that issue. And it's like, it is a weird sense of entitlement. And I don't know where it comes from. Like, I, our generation, we all work pretty hard. Yeah, like, going back, so you worked at Mintage Mm -hmm. before you ever did your own thing, right? Yeah. How long did you work there? I worked there for two years and then left and did merchandising and then was an art teacher for a bit, and then um, started picking for used, and then did that for like four years, three or four years. So you put your hard time in working for other people, learning the ropes. Oh yeah. Paid your dues, as they say. Absolutely. I never actually worked for anybody in the vintage game, but I definitely had plenty of jobs. I worked restaurants, I Mm -hmm. worked like serving jobs, construction jobs, delivering pizzas. Good job, Melissa, to have. Yeah. For who? Domino's, baby. Oh, my God. I love that. I was a Domino's pizza delivery. Good for you. There's a lot of pizzas getting 
driven around in Whistler back in those days. I thought you were going to say going missing, because that's no. all I would do if no. I was a little But we used kid. to have the hustle, like, on New Year's and busy times. You could, like, get a pizza and then go pick someone up because the cabs were too busy and be mm-hmm. like, where do you need a ride? And then you'd, like, double up on a cab drive and a pizza you. delivery. Wow. It was pretty good. It was a good hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, so take us into when you started mm-hmm. your own venture. Um... So, like, five-ish years ago, I started my wholesale company, and it basically, I just had gotten to a point with the company I was with picking. So, yeah, we kind of skipped over that. Sorry, we got to go back here. Talk about, talk about, we got to talk about Craig. Okay. okay? So, RIP Craig. Craig is like a uh, legend kind of in the Vancouver vintage scene. Mm -hmm. People actually internationally might know his company called Bang On, Mm because... You would know better than me, but didn't they have like 50 stores? I think at one point they had like a significant amount. I don't know if it was quite 50, but he um, but fran- ta- he franchised it. So they're, they're in Australia. They're in, um, he has like stores all over the States and stuff. Yeah. So Bang On is a store. You go in, you get a blank tee, you press on like a different kind of graphic mm. or you like write something on it. He transferred basically. Um, he did super good with that for a while. I don't know how it's doing now, but. But you worked for him because he had, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, one or two vintage stores, three? He had four at one point, and then the bang-ons uh, in Canada carried vintage, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think this the vintage side of it was, like, his passion project, and then yeah. he just... Well, he always had crazy stuff that the used, or the... the what was the vintage store upstairs on Granville a long time ago? Was it called Used? It was Used, yeah. Yeah. When I first moved to Vancouver, that store was popping. They always yeah. had wicked stuff. He had crazy collections of, like, interesting antique sunglasses, like Louis Vuitton dominatrix mm-hmm. masks and, like, all this crazy stuff. And he usually had good good vintage. Like, yeah. I would find lots of stuff there. Yeah. He used to do, I know, like, a lot of, um, like, auctions. So he'd go to, like... Anything that was like a rock and roll auction, he would go to. And then, yeah, I mean, he had a really great picker. He had Mello, who is like... Another Vancouver legend. Yeah, she's like... I would say of anyone, she probably, like, taught me the most. She taught me, like, how to pick and pick... So you worked with her together for Craig? Yeah, so we worked together for... Uh, maybe a year and a half and then there was like a situation at the rag yard and um, she ended up leaving and then I stayed somebody shouted her out saying I should get her on you should she's fucking you think she would do it I don't know like it seems pretty quiet and keeps to herself she's actually like one of the funniest people I've ever met also which I like no one thinks that they think like she's so serious like but she is, her sense of humor is, like, the driest. <laughs> and, like, but it's so fucking funny. Like, I love that woman. She she has never, she's been very standoffish with us She since the very beginning. I don't think she's standoffish. I think what it is is, like, she's a fucking hard worker. And she doesn't, like, put up with any, like, any bullshit. So, like, if you're, if you breeze in and out of the rag yard, like, she's, like, no time for you. Like, whatever. She, like is so dedicated to anyone that she's worked for and then now that her and her daughter have a store like she she's just rad like she starts the like when the bell goes off in the morning she's there when it goes off at the end of the day she'll like stay like even an extra 10 minutes her work ethics insane to me but yeah it's kind of crazy i remember bumping into her when i first started picking mm-hmm. here in vancouver fuck i don't even know when i first started picking in vancouver probably like 2000 four mm-hmm. she was the first picker i saw in a rag yard but like at that point she wouldn't give me the time of day yeah. and I, I remember even asking her like hey what's happening like being super nice what's going on who do you work for blah 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 she i don't even think she told me but obviously it was craig at the time yeah which is kind of dope see like that's the type of picker i want now like where i'm like you're so loyal you don't fuck around don't you just talk go, to anybody head down work hard like she just get me my shit but like she honestly trained me so well to like 
You always dig from top to bottom in a barrel. You never fucking Fuck, stop. Yeah, that's number one yeah, rule. Totally. And she's like, any like if you think that it's time to stop, you go ten minutes longer and I would just be like, Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but in saying that, then that's like how I train pickers now and like it the last fucking bottom of the barrel is usually where the best shit is. It's so true. And this is goes for anywhere you're picking it's like if you're if you're going through racks and you're not finding anything yeah. go through another fucking rack if you're like at the bins and you haven't found shit on the rotations mm-hmm. it's like wait for that last rotation totally the people who stick it out and put the hard work in are yeah. gonna find stuff it's not luck it's hard work absolutely and that's the thing like the biggest issue i have now like seeing the new pickers coming in is just that they are just top layer pickers and they just skim all the top and they stay in first sort and I'm like can you just get out there and like find shit you know yeah yeah and they all like are like oh you're so lucky I'm like I, f- I it's not luck absolutely not luck like you work hard you have yeah. the knowledge but it's not just well yeah and that's that's another thing the knowledge you know i feel like a lot of new pickers now are so stuck in one little genre of Mm -hmm. clothing they're like like, i only want single stitch 90s tees (laughs) from nirvana and tupac and you're like well good luck you're gonna be here for a month before you find that totally it's like learn something else about clothing and learn like if if you're stuck in a scenario if you say you have a rag house or you have your five local thrift stores you go to or you have a bins or you're only hunting on craigslist it's like you want to maximize that scenario mm-hmm. no matter how you have to do it it's like why would you leave something behind if it's worth money and if you don't educate yourself you have no idea what actually is worth money totally. and what people want and you're just yeah yeah the new generation i find is like not learning enough about clothes absolutely and like i think you have to look beyond what you personally like like there's a like the store now is definitely a reflection of like my entire life, like my child, like my teen years and everything. But it's not what I wear. I don't yeah. really dress like this. A lot of the stuff I sell, but like I understand it. I you can look style. pretty rad today in your crop Raiders jersey. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I, I mean, and leather pants, might I add? Yeah. Woo! I'll take a picture because you guys can see this. No one needs to see this. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm like, if you can't see beyond just like your personal style, you're not going to last. Yeah, like you're not picking for yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sure. Take a few pieces. But. Totally. Um, very cool. So he died. Craig died. He yeah, had a, yeah. a failed heart operation from what I understand. Yeah. Like he had the operation and then went home and then went back, said he didn't feel good and then... They sent him home, and that was it. And he was young. He was, like, 55? I think he was 51. 51. He was very young. So he passed. Mm -hmm. He left his legacy, which is quite a few stores still. And then before, like, only, what, three years ago, he opened the used on Robson? Uh, It would have been longer than that. It would have been, like, six, because I I opened it with him. Okay. Yeah, so six years ago, he opened that store, which Mm -hmm. is, Robson is our busiest sort of shopping street in Vancouver it would be like what can you compare it to in a bigger in like in like LA like Beverly Boulevard I don't know it's like a major shopping street with all the big brands on it so the rents there are ridiculous Mm -hmm. I have no idea what he's paying but it's probably upwards of like Mm $30,000 to have that location and he boasted it as the biggest vintage store in Canada at the time Mm -hmm. well I guess it is yeah um but then, yeah, obviously they, they fell to some interesting picking situations. I go in that store all the time and the stock doesn't turn. Mm-hmm. It's the same stuff. There's not that much stock in there. It's yeah. kind of sad. It's really sad. It's like actually devastating to me. And like, I see, <laughs> like the sad thing for me too is like the second he passed away, like every picker in the city was like, well, but what about his shit? What about his collection? I'm like, are you fucking joking me? He just died. Like, chill out. And like... <laughs> that is so ruthless. So, it just like, yeah, it just, so. it makes me sick. Like, that's the thing about this industry that kind of like drives me nuts. It's like gambling. Like, when people are like so obsessed. Yeah. And like, they're like, okay, but like, just keep going. Just keep going. And like, don't give a fuck about anything 
that's happening. Yeah. They just need the like best thing. So he had a warehouse to run Bang on in all the stores, mm -hmm. just to give people context here. A pretty big warehouse in East Van, and there was a huge collection of stuff that he had hoarded, right? Mm -hmm. And what kind of stuff was it? So like, he had he collected tons and tons of rock and roll stuff, like any type of memorabilia, and then shirts. Um, he collected lots of designer things. So like, he had crazy like giant Chanel perfume bottles. Like he just had really, really weird, awesome shit. And then tons of like costumey like showgirl stuff. And then I don't know, like his he had in his house, he used to have two like rooms that were just closets of like the most amazing things you could ever think of ever in your life to find. And you're like how? Yeah. Like, and just he like just, he did nothing with it. Super period pieces and, like, iconic rock and roll stuff. Totally. And, like, he had, like, like I think five or six, like, Andy Warhol paintings. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So did you ever go to any of his parties? Yeah, lots. So describe that, because I heard a lot about the parties, and he had this gnarly, cool 70s, like, mansion. And yeah, so I used to go there, like, actually, like, almost weekly for dinner, like, me and my brother used to go there all, all the time and he like his house was like red carpet everywhere like a spiral staircase up and then at the top there's there was a tiger skin rug with a white grand piano on top wow and then like throughout the house it would be like everything was either like black leather gold or red and like tons of like really crazy taxidermy like elephant foot tables and things like that like it was crazy and then it's like the kind of house you'd expect to see in like the the movie casino or something totally like, something yeah and then you go down to the basement and there was an indoor pool and then what on yeah and then so on the like viewing side of the pool that whole room was covered in velvet paintings of women and like a giant polar bear skin rug too his Sick. place was insane. It was so beautiful. So what happened to the house? What he had died? sold it before he passed away. He had okay. sold it maybe like two years before he passed away. Ah, uh, crazy. Well, RIP Craig. Yeah. He definitely is a legend. I remember myself looking up to Craig a lot back mm -hmm. in the day when I first was getting into business because I thought, you know, I always had the mentality of like instead of trying to compete with people you look up to or in the same business it's like use them as mentors mm -hmm. so I, I didn't he never mentored me or anything but I just really looked up to the way he ran business he was smart he had so many stores he had like a big distribution facility the bang on thing at its height was like killing it and they were making all these accessories and stuff that they were selling out to mm -hmm. other stores it was just a, he was he was a good businessman when he was at his peak totally absolutely yeah he was also like a crazy country music singer no like, shit. really good. I, I heard he was in the rockabilly scene. He had this, like, he. it was pretty big. There's actually a documentary about it, which is, like... About him? Yeah. What? Yeah. No way. Absolutely. I need to watch this. It's, like, when how, he was How do we find too. this documentary? I think it's on YouTube. Wow. Honestly. Um, so, when you're working for him, you spent time in Texas, right? I did, Yeah. I like, like it. And apparently you instigated this whole move to go down to Texas to pick? Yeah. So it kind of started, I got sent to Seattle to buy shoes. And when I was there, I was talking to the guy that runs that warehouse. And I was like, are there other rag yards? Keep, to keep rag yard names off the dock. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Just saying. I was like, are there other rag yards um, that you think are worth going to in the States? And he was like, I would go to like New Jersey. I'm like, I'm not going to New Jersey. <laughs> and then Miami, I was like, maybe. And then he was like, Houston. And I really just like for some reason had it in my head. Maybe like I had heard it from like you or somebody that like Texas was the place to go. Texas is the holy land. Yeah. So I went to Craig with this idea and I was like, um, he, it was before he opened the robson store and i knew he was planning on doing something big so i'm like it has to be different so buy me a plane ticket i'll go to i'll figure it out 
And so um, this Seattle rag yard that I was at, I asked them just like for some leads and then seriously just like took a cab. And I remember I was in, a, in this cab and the guy was like, are you from here? And I was like, no. And he's like, I don't feel comfortable leaving you in this area, so I'm just going to wait until you do whatever it is you're doing. And I was like, okay. And because it's like where a lot of the rag yards are is very sketchy. Yeah. (laughs) But I had no idea because I was just like, whatever. Yeah. Everything's safe in Canada. (laughs) And so, yeah. Texas, no, there's some hoods in Texas. Uh, like yeah. I remember I, we used to go see this guy outside of Houston and he was a picker so we'd go to his house but he lived in the ghetto like he'd be driving to his house and there'd be cars on friggin bricks like all lined up the street and like just ghetto and then he had all this stuff in like barrels in the yard and in his shed and he'd be walk, like his, he'd walk into his living room with his kids like watching TV picking through piles of clothes that, I've, been, I've been through some hoods in, yeah. in Houston yeah but it ended up being so great. Um, the first one wasn't. And then the second, luckily, I just had to <laughs> go to two. And then... That was we, it, your second. You hit on the second spot. Yeah, because they had um, the women that worked for them really trained on how to pick, too. So they like knew a lot of shit, and they got paid a little bit more to have this knowledge. And so some of it would be like a little bit sorted. Some of it you'd have to... like you know, pick the way you pick here. But yeah, it was great. I found so much amazing shit. And then um, he had an actual picker at other rag yards that ended up opening something. And then I was buying off him for a while. And that was good too. Sweet. So how long did he spend on there? Um, I used to go like every six weeks for two weeks. And I did that for maybe two or two years. Wow. Yeah. So you must have had some good barbecue. I had great barbecue. I always had a really great base tan, so that, that's important to me. Yeah. And yeah, there. Yeah, what, what else did you do in Texas? Like, did you go out? Did you go yeah, to clubs? Did I you made party? The clubs. <laughs> um, I actually, like, one of my closest friends lives there, and like, we no shit. met. Ah, I see. So there was, there was a motive to go down in the first place not really because like we didn't really start as great friends but like now but he owns um like the only bar there that i go to which is dirt bar and it's like the rock and roll bar across you knew him before you started going or you no i like i was actually in his he has a restaurant too and i was in there and then he like was like are you from here and i was like oh jesus is it that obvious (laughs) and then um he was like um, you should come hang out at this bar. Like, I actually own it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. And then the next day when I was working, one of the girls that I, like, had made friends with also, I was, like, telling her, she's like, oh, my God, that bar's great. You should go. And she's like, Sean's great. Go hang out. And so. Cool. Yeah. When was the last time you went? Um, Probably two years ago. But, like, Sean and I just met up in L.A. So, oh, like, sweet. yeah, we hang out when we can are you gonna try to go back there and pick for your own thing now or no um that's funny i got asked by one of the rag yards yesterday to come back down so i'm like yeah maybe i don't know like i don't it's different now because it's like you probably were taking like thousands of pounds that would go on that totally trips, right yeah and also yeah it's just it's a little bit i think more difficult now yeah competition is steep there's probably a lot more mm-hmm. Japanese in Texas than there was two, even two years ago. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about vintage. We've talked about things. Now that we've talked about all the things. All the things. There's lots more things to talk about, but... Okay, what do you... what? So tell us some juicy, juicy vintage pieces you've picked. Like, what are your favorite memorable pieces or, like, grails that you're still needing to acquire? Do you have much of a collection for yourself? No, I, like, got rid of most of it, like... I always say, like, I'm never getting rid of this. I'm never selling them. And then I'm like, ah, fuck it. Like, I do, like, collect um, Aussie shirts and Guns N' Roses shirts. Though, like, lately I'm like, I guess I could sell them. Like, So what, what, what G&R shirts you got? Um, I know someone who's really going to want to hear this. Who? <laughs> friend of mine. He's like a G&R freak. I have, um, like, 
the one that's used to love her and then on the back but had to kill her I have like an appetite shirt I have I have seriously so many Drew like I don't nice <laughs> you can sit here and talk about it we though. need to uh, see this collection at some point Meredith yeah I'm actually planning to um, start online so then ooh so what's will... it going to be called my online your website still low life yeah but will it be shop low life Pro- uh, I guess so Probably. Okay, okay. What else? What's the most expensive thing you've ever picked? Maybe those jeans I found that time that you... Those are sick. Yeah. They were... 40s? Lee? Mm-hmm. Center tag? Like, dead stock. Yeah. That was funny because I... Remember I came to see you for those? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think they're fake. Yeah. Yeah. This happens a lot, actually, when you find deadstock mm-hmm. from back in the day, like early deadstock. I found a deadstock horsehide jacket once, and I was like, "This is fake," or just I didn't didn't look like what you expected to see yeah. a horsehide jacket look like. So it like totally threw me off. Um, I think that happens a lot with people, especially the fucking nude pickers that don't even know what they're looking for, or even if that thing was beat up in the first place. Mm-hmm. That was a good pair of jeans. Yeah, and then a couple weeks ago I found a souvenir jacket, like a World War Two one. And then that what was, sold. What was the print? Um, it was... I don't even remember, to be honest. Was I, it Japan? Yeah, okay. and then it was black and white, and then it sold like instantly. I posted it on Instagram and had a buyer, and then... Sick. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> I and yeah, I was gonna say when I saw it, I saw it in a bale, and I was like, "Oh my god, is that Gucci?" A, a wrapped bale still or open bale? Like it was like open, like it was cut on one side, and I was like, I could see that there was like a map on it, but like to me, it looked like the Gucci. Yeah, because thing. they did all those jeans with embroidery and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. And so that's what I thought it was. So I was like, "Either very way, excited. you're like stoked." I know, and then I was like, "I guess, like, I'll settle for this." <laughs> so you told me to put my phone away, but now you're on your phone. What the fuck? I mean, this is not cool, okay, it's away. Sorry. Um, okay, so you got really sick from stress. Uh huh. Right? Mm hmm. Let's hear about it. Stress from picking, stress from the rag yard, stress from pressure of the man. <laughs> the man. That's all we could say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I would say, like, working for used was quite stressful i i worked six days a week picking and i picked six to three and like i think on anyone's body it's gonna take a toll so i think it was that (laughs) mixed with like mental stress and it's weird because like i totally felt fine but like every time i would see my family they'd be like you look terrible and so this was this went on like the entire time probably that I worked for you so almost like three or four years and then so the, that whole time you were kind of not at optimal health no I mean to be honest I've never been at optimal health like you look pretty good now well thank you I appreciate that how do you feel now great like completely great awesome I mean, from all the illness stuff, I have chronic pain, which is a treat. But, like, I feel like everyone has that. You turn 30 Some way and that's... another, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, you, like, turn 30 and that's, like, the gift from the world. <laughs> it's like, now you always hurt. Um, so, yeah. So, six months after I started my wholesale business, Freebird, I was hospitalized. And then they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And... I spent two years in and out of the hospital. Yeah, I remember that time. Yeah, you saw me often because, like, it would be whenever I I was out, I would try and, like, sell shit. Because I, like, just was trying to, like, function as though, like, my life was normal and my back was entirely broken and my organs all shut down and, like... Yeah, it was fucking crazy. So cra- I remember, yeah, seeing you and you couldn't pick up the rag bags yeah. or, like, really move around much, so... And you had... Was Allie helping you then? Allie was helping me. And then my dad helped me a lot, which was the nicest Shout thing. out dad. Yeah, shout out Don. You're the best. Karen is too. 
greatest parents. But yeah, so it really, I mean, beyond teaching me like how valuable your life is, it also taught me that you need to like create boundaries and not have, not stay in toxic situations. Like no amount of money, no amount of like someone saying they care about you it's not worth it's not worth it at all yeah like seriously happiness is more important health is yeah more important. absolutely so Without this health? leads us into our challenge for the day oh, yeah Meredith. our challenge what's our challenge our challenge is to cut out anyone in your life that you feel is toxic or like just a fucking drag like if you're putting out more for someone and you're getting back they're probably not the right person to have in your life this is so true it's like i feel like you end up staying in friendships a lot from people you've just are friends with for super long mm-hmm. even though they can be toxic and you're like fuck you're not doing anything you're bringing me down mm-hmm. it's like time to level up a bit you know totally so and it's cut like them out. yeah and it's like it isn't i know i think like a lot of people perceive me to be like a bit ruthless but I, I like death row yes <laughs> yeah that's what I call re ruthless so that like a constant reminder it's okay to fucking be like that I'm yeah. as cute as Rue <laughs> we're fine <laughs> but it's like it isn't a bad thing it's just like you have to have boundaries or you're gonna go fucking crazy yeah I believe that they say you're the average of your five closest friends or the five people you spend the most mm-hmm. time with so spend your time with good people who exactly. bring you up. Exactly. Exactly. So you almost left the vintage game mm. to become an insurance <laughs> broker. This is fucking crazy, yeah. guys. Leaving the vintage game where you get to go hunting and find cool clothes all day and get the adrenaline rush, the picker's high, to go be an insurance broker. Wah, wah, mm-hmm. wah. Obviously, that didn't pan out. Tell us about this. Okay, but, like, that being said, I never... Like, I was still wholesaling the entire time. I would even, like, go to, but like... But you had told me. You're like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to do this thing. I do that fucking every five years. I'm like, it's over. I'm over this. This is stupid. Though, like, now I'm like, this is for life. Like. So, doing that, did it just make you realize that we have it good doing what we do? Um, or were you just like, selling insurance is not my jam? It's not my jam, but I also, like, because I couldn't, I still couldn't fucking leave here. So I still had my rag yard. I still had my wholesale. Like, I would, like, tell them I was out fucking selling insurance, like, the company I was working for, and fucking be at the rag yard or, like, going to meet someone to wholesale. And I think, like, why... You're not really getting us any new clients here. What's going on? Well, that's the thing is, I was really good at doing both, so... You got them clients? Yeah. Nice work. I was really good at insurance. It wasn't that I was, like, bad at it, but I just, like, it, it's not for me, like, at all. And I ended up being, like, my my people that I would sell to would be all bikers, and then I'd end up selling them fucking T-shirts, too. So I'm just, like, what's, like, what am I doing? Just sell the T-shirts. <laughs> you get the cash right then. You don't have to wait for a fucking paycheck. Oh, wow. But, like, I had to do that because I had never done anything corporate I'd always kind of like just worked and done exactly what I wanted and I was like well maybe this is the answer and turns out no and genuinely like living my life and just following my intuition since that time like and since being sick my fucking life is completely like it's exactly what I want it to be and I'm, like, so happy, and every day I'm, like, so grateful. And, like, even, like, the worst days at the reg are, like, better than fucking laying in a hospital bed dying. <laughs> so. Yeah, they are. It's, like, you that, it, that for sure will happen to put things into perspective for me. And I think that's, like, another important thing that people need to realize. Like, we all go through shit. We all have hard times. But, like you have to like move forward from it and don't make it be your story because there's no there's no point if you can't get past it you're just going to keep reliving it and like literally I'm sure there's a lot of people that will listen to this that have no idea that I literally was dying 
and this is like my second coming we always call it because it's like they like every doctor was like you're for sure gonna die just like they said that yeah they like told my parents they're like if she doesn't die she'll never walk again i couldn't walk for a year and then in that time i made an invention called walkers for rockers and it was like walkers but they had like foxtails and like flags and shit and i was like gonna send them to steven off. i know I didn't know it was that serious. Yeah, dude, it was bad. That's crazy. Good for you. Yeah, it was It was pretty fucked. But it's like, honestly, it's like believing, like being like, they would tell me that and I'd just be like, no, because I haven't done all the things I want to do. And just like every day, like thinking about what I was going to do when I was better or like when I could walk or like do anything and having like an amazing family and amazing friends that like supported me and like. You know, there were some that weren't that great, but especially my parents and, and Andrea, they were fucking, like, it, they were the best. That's Andrea awesome. was, like, my fucking advocate for the whole thing. Like, she was just, like, don't fucking talk to her. You're fired. Like, I would just be, like, I don't want that person coming to your room. She's, like, yeah, she, you're not. Get away. <laughs> and, yeah, because I was, when I was so sick, she, like fought with the doctor and had me transferred hospitals because they weren't doing anything for me they were just like slowly letting me just yeah yeah she's gonna die yeah just let her lie here yeah and then she got me transferred and fucking saved my life yeah i can imagine that having that experience gives you such a new lease just happy to be happy to be alive Oh, totally and like nothing matters (laughs) like you know like i just there's so many things that people get like wrapped up in and like worry about and I'm like it doesn't fucking matter yeah. like none of it matters and like you know when... what's funny is that like I listen to Gary Vee and his thing is like what's like people ask him like what's your big motivational line or whatever he'll say you're gonna die yeah you're gonna fucking die yeah. so like when you actually grasp that concept yeah. which you obviously lying in the bed totally. and told you you're gonna die then you're like if I'm gonna fucking die anyway, I might as well go out with a bang. I might as well do what I want to totally. do. I might as well live this life. I might as well not worry about the stupid things that are coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Also, another guy I listen to is like, if you want to do big things, you're gonna have to expect big problems. The bigger mm-hmm. the things you're doing in life, the bigger the problems you're gonna have. So, don't bitch about them. Just deal with them and let them brush off and totally. fucking do it. Yeah, it's just like yeah, when you're confronted with death and being like like it's the it's the fucking weirdest thing and you're just like how is this possible i had no idea this was coming you're only 24 yeah i'm so young i'm the (laughs) youngest person yeah it was crazy but out of that i'm so happy that you're here live thank you in my office thank you so much talking about vintage and things on the podcast me too (laughs) what do you want to talk about I mean, I thought you had a game that we were playing. I have a game. Let's play the game. Okay. It's game time. It's game time. Would you rather? We always got to play a game here on the podcast. Okay. Ready for it? Am I? I don't know. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Would you rather a Bone Thugs tea or GNR Lies tea? But you might even have I have G- the You have? Oh, okay. So, and obviously, I've been asking you for a Bone Thugs shirt for fucking five years. And I years. keep tagging you in posts on Instagram with Bone Thugs shirts. I know <laughs> that you have had these shirts and it just, like, makes... I actually haven't had a Bone Thugs in a long-ass time. Like, I'll pay you real money and I'm not reselling it. It's like, you know that I want this. The next Bone Thugs tea I get has your name on it. Thank you. White or black? I really want black. Okay. Next. Was it you, was it rather... white or black to you? No, 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 no. That was just my question. Okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Would you rather go to a rave in Ibiza or Burning Man? I don't want to do either. <laughs> you of have to pick. Things. That's the game. Oh, like then I'd go to. I would go to a rave. You actually, I would totally pick you for Burning Man. That is the meanest thing you've ever over said a to rave me. in Ibiza. It's like we're going somewhere far away. I'm not going. There's beaches, sunny. Exactly. 
It's also sunny that in is the, the desert, but it's there's no beach. Go back to the Burning Man thing for a second. No, I, I'm not saying I picture you as a Burning Man person, but I picture you picking Burning burners. Man. <laughs> okay, I pictured you becoming a burner over a raver. But see, that's why this game is fun. You never know what answer you're gonna get. <laughs> you're so mad. I'm so Meredith offended. Is steaming over here. You might want to edit that she whole. She is fuming. Me. There's no editing in this podcast. Mm. We just run it. We just run it. Okay. Would you rather marry a skater or a rock star? Oh. By the way, Meredith, are you single? Yeah. Any uh, eligible bachelors out there? Murder, death, rokus, hit her up. Shut. <laughs> What's your answer? Hey. What's your answer? Skater or rock star? Um, a rock star. All like right. in a good band or like in like like a successful or are they successful which one's successful like which a great band so like you're talking like a rich pro skater versus well, i'm not like saying rich i'm just saying are, are they well, a not... talented skater and are they a talented yeah. musician y yeah you're like you're selling out shows yeah i like graduated from skaters like once i turned 22 i started dating musicians oh, so so. Only, only a couple years ago yeah nice. so like yeah, two years ago. So, do you know any rock stars? Yes. Hey, let's hear it. This is the kind of gossip we need. Like, I mean, I think Allie's a rock star. True. She's playing a show, right? She's Come playing on. a show tonight at the Fox. Tonight? Yes. Too bad this podcast won't be out tonight. God damn it. <laughs> so, it's not tonight. So, it's I tried night. to plug it, but... <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, she's a rock star to me, and... Um, who else? Like, no, personally. Her band is Little Destroyer, right? Yeah. Okay, just did we say that already? I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, look it up. Yeah, look them up. I actually did listen to some songs on YouTube recently. Watch did you see videos. their videos? Yeah. I styled all them. Nice work. I know, Alpha. Pretty good quality production, I must say. Okay, so that would be our friend Connor, who is phenomenal. And he, yeah, his dad's a rock star. What band? Actual, Trooper. He's the lead singer. Hell trooper. yeah! <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's it. Like Ripley, that used to work for me. Her dad's a rock star. Todd Kearns. He has a fucking star. On the Walk On, of Fame. Yeah. No way. Yep. That's cool. I know, but yeah, I mean. That's like really not an interesting story, true. Yeah. So we'll move on. We'll move on. Okay. The next one. Would you rather pick boots only forever, but you got to pick alone, or pick in a rag house with ten other people? Rag rag house, because I'm fucking good and I'm aggressive. So give me the rag. Boots are too heavy and they're so dirty. They I have like a lung they're, infection they're, yeah, from it's picking boots. Hard work. <laughs> True. So basically, don't be fucking scared. Get out there. You throw your elbows around. Totally. Find that shit. Yeah. That's exactly. Good. Yeah. So so back to being a woman in the vintage game. Mm -hmm. Um. Have you ever had like experiences? Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm gonna have to cut this one out. <laughs> if you're editing this, you're <laughs> editing more. Okay? No, okay. Basically, what I want to say is like being a woman in the vintage game. Talk about it a bit. Have you had experience, like bad experiences because of it? Have you found it hard? Deal like going head to head with the men. All the like. Have you ever dealt with female um, rag house owners? There's I only know one. Mm. She's crazy. She she might be worse than than the men. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but I think like it's hard to be a woman in any industry. Like it's the same. Any any girlfriend I talk to has the same issues that I have where it's like if you if I go and I pick with someone and it's me and a, a man the reg if I get the connection the man will talk to the other man and like around me they won't like talk to me though I'm paying the bill at the end it's shit like that that really bothers me and they like talk down to you and you know but it's like that anywhere so I can't like say like specifically it's this yeah industry but it is it can be very difficult sometimes 
Um, I guess Vancouver has a lot of a lot of female pickers, eh? Like, mm-hmm. what's the percentage to men right now? Though, when I started, it was just Mellow and me. And then Allie would do, like, a day here and there. And um, another girl would do a day here and there. But there were no other girls that picked in rag yards. Yeah. I th- it's going to be interesting when I talk to someone who picks the bins. Have you ever done a bins? Mm-mm. Yeah. We don't have the bins here in Canada. There's bins in Seattle, I think is probably the closest bins to yeah. us. But, like, we wouldn't bother going down there. I mean, I know people that have gone just to check it out. But it's going to be interesting talking to some girls who pick in the busy bins with, like, 40 other guys mm. trying to get the exact same shit. Because the way those bins work is you're, you all surround the bin, and then you have to wait for them to, like, put the last bin out, and then you all just dive in. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, heavy competition. It's ruthless. People are, like, ripping shit apart, like, jumping in there. Like, there's no... You're, like, literally crammed between two people picking. Like, you have no space. It's insane. Like, I I can't imagine wanting to do that. That would probably make me quit again. (laughs) Yeah, right. So coming up to my five-year mark, I'll go down there, and then that'll be it. (laughs) And then back to selling insurance. Yeah, just right back Which to you're it. Which apparently you're great at, so. I'm really good. You have a backup plan. Okay, last. Um, Yuck it up, Drew. Last <laughs> would you rather. Okay. Be stuck in October selling Halloween clothes or be stuck in December selling Christmas clothes? October. Yeah, that was an easy one. Yeah. That was too easy. It's hard to think of these would you rathers. I mean, you wrote them down within one minute of us starting, so yeah. Yeah, well, you have to give yourself the time to think. I don't know what else is going on in your life. Let's hear some. Let's hear some in-depth, some philosophies. I like no. First of all, no. But why don't we talk about you for a second? What do you want to know about me? Okay, so when we met, you were selling sunglasses. Yep. Then Did you, I have a store? No, I came no. into your, your thing to sell Skylar sunglasses. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's when we met. That's how we met. Yeah. And then you opened your first store, and then your second, and then your third, and then world domination. <laughs> so what's the plan for your brand? My brand? Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to open more stores. We're going to open mm-hmm. an LA store. I want to mm-hmm. see how that goes. Open up in the streetwear district on Fairfax. We got some plans, some collaborations I can't discuss because of intellectual rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but we should be announcing some big collaborations coming up. With Low Life or? <laughs> Let's do something. Yeah, duh. Obviously. <laughs> that would be so fun. It would be so good. Um, what else do I have planned for the brand? World domination. I want mm. people to think of Frankie when they think of rework. I want to be like brand. I want to have that brand recognition, like Kleenex. When you think of tissue, you think of Kleenex. Wow, it's amazing. That's a big claim. Yeah. But you gotta shoot high, right? Yeah. Um, but I also want to create a big enough brand and a big enough company that we can actually make an impact in the amount of waste going into landfill, mm-hmm. and then take a dent out of the amount of new clothing being produced. That's amazing. How do you feel about the Forever 21 stuff? I think it's rad. It's amazing. Like, I'm so... I think that's such a good sign as to where... Yeah, completely. Like, it's going to be... Obviously, used clothing is at an all-time high. Yeah. And it's not going to slow down. No. This trend is growing super fast. People's perception of used clothing has changed so there's so many more people that want to buy it you know and there's there's movements for people to not buy clothes there's like there's a whole like group of people out there that are like boycotting buying new clothes mm-hmm. period this stuff wouldn't have happened even five years ago no you know? without like uh, did you go to the climate strike yeah you did I did where were you did you walk it no I like live right there so I was <laughs> you opened your window technically I was oh walking. yeah because you live right on Canby by the way, we still need to meet up for coffee. No, I don't live there now. I live like by my sh- shop now. I live, I'm not gonna say, cause I really don't want people showing up there, but I live like fairly close to my store. Okay. 
Um, but technically, I parked my car and was walking home, so I walked through the climate strike. But I support it, obviously. Oh, I know, of course. I took Hudson. It was super fun. It was just cool to see. It was like kind of moving to see how many people came out. Yeah. And it's moving that that girl, that young girl, got it all started. I can't even talk about her because I'll start crying. I know. Isn't it weird? That's another thing that not drinking does. It makes me like weirdly emotional. Oh, I love that for you. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, I don't, I don't hold back. I, mean, I don't care. Like sometimes I feel like. I like ne- I have like an issue with crying. Like I'll never cry. Like, Me too. It was years and years and years I didn't cry, and then like a couple times I like broke down and like cried a lot. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's coming back because good. I stopped drinking. That's really I'm good. In touch with my emotions. Fuck yeah, you are. <laughs> good for you. But let's talk about sustainable clothing. Enough about emotions. Um, You're crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so passionate. Um, <laughs> What do you think is the future of sustainable fashion then? All these like big chains are closing down. They're having hard times. Big brands are I mean, like, not doing well. If only everyone could see us, we're the fucking future. <laughs> I keep telling you. I know. Create more content. I'm creating You're so... You're on the podcast right now. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. Okay. It's a lot. I have a lot going on. You do. You are a busy businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Just trying to keep up with you, Drew. So what's the future, though? Do you see do you, do you see the trends, like, moving in a certain direction? Or do you see, like, recycled fashion, fashions popping up more? Or what? I feel like either bigger companies are going to start trying to do rework-type things. Or they're all just going to fucking fade out and everyone needs to step up. Yeah. Or we all just start wearing, like, one white piece of fabric all day every day <laughs> yeah like I've seen people create garments like that where it's like this can be a shirt this can be a robe this can be your skirt this can be your pants like, you're it's in like, a that's cult all, now we just need like one piece of, one piece of fabric everything no individualized individualism anymore is that a word I, I sure okay. I couldn't live in a world like that though I could never yeah, work in a job boring. like did you have to wear a uniform in a job ever hell yeah mm. or the penguin outfit like the suit like tucked in white shirt tie hell yeah wore uniform wow I even went to a boarding school where we had to wear what? a tucked in shirt oh my we god we had to wear a tucked in shirt to class but it was like dudes rocking like big baggy pants with like a tucked in golf shirt but then once a week at school we had to put on a suit a formal dinner maybe twice a week what? yeah holy shit that's how it went down did you ever have to wear a uniform? no no. I never worked at a job. I was supposed to wear a uniform, and then I didn't wear it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I kept forgetting it at home. I worked at a dry cleaner. I'm like, what does it matter? You worked at a dry cleaner? Yeah, like in high school. How was that? To save for fashion school. It was chill. I made lots of money working there, and then it. I showed up for work one day, and it had gone under. <laughs> I'm like, is it Really? Yeah, I'm like, is it because you're paying me $20 an hour to be here? Wow. Yeah. You got to see everyone's clothes. Yeah, which was really crazy. Like, really crazy. And really fucked what people will drop off for dry cleaning with, like, no shame. Like, blood and semen No, like, worse. Like, people will shit their pants and then bring it to you. Here's, like, a story (laughs) I'll tell you. So, when I was in high school... Oh, yes. When I was in high school, there was this chick, and she was, like, so popular, and everyone loved her. And her dad was like part owner in the in the uh, company, so one day he dropped off an order, and I had to phone and be like, "You have to come get these pants because they're not sanitary for me to clean." And she had literally shit her pants, and her dad brought them in, and I fucking. And you went to school the next day and told everybody about it. No, I'm not that mean, but I was like, "Hey, girl, did you get your pants back?" <laughs> So low key shade, and then she was so uh, you nice. Got to, to hold me. that over her head. Yeah. Perfect. So enough about shitting pants. I I would talk about shitting pants all day. Really. Gross. What's no. the worst thing you found in the rag yard? We my buddy Pete came to pick with me one day. Uh, Butcher Pete, shout out Pete's meat. He found shit pants one day. Yeah. That's disgusting. See, that's what you got to do. You, feel- you, instead of bring them to the dry cleaner just donate them yeah just donate just your pants donate them. them yeah 
Um, like the grossest thing I've ever found is like yeast infection underwear. Like in uh. it was like in a pair of pants. <laughs> yeah, it was gross. What about pocket scores? You ever find any good pocket scores? Um, I think like I found two hundred fifty dollars American. Nice. You remember the garment it was in? Pair of like shitty jeans. Not actual shit, but <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably the best thing. Um. Okay, back to sustainable fashion for a minute here. Mm. Have you heard about all these companies popping up doing rentals? No. It's like, Maybe. It's a new movement. Really? Yeah. So what they're going to do now is you can get subscriptions to companies and you'll just get a new rotating, like you can go on, on the website, pick out five garments for the month, they ship them to you, you ship them back, and then the next month you pick out five more, ship mm-hmm. them to you, and it just keeps going. And you, get, you just pay a monthly subscription. And that's apparently becoming a big thing fast. Like Urban Outfitters just opened up um, uh, their website called Newly, which actually has vintage on it too, but you can you can also get all the other Urban Outfitters brands. I don't know how I feel about it right now. Okay, wait. So I rent it, send it back, then you rent the same thing I was wearing? Yep, and huh. 50 times over until it wears out. And are they, yeah, I don't know. I it's mean, a good the, I, I understand the, the idea behind it. Yeah. I just, uh, an article popped up today about it, and they're like, how sustainable is it really? Because, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're only going to produce one garment. 20 people could get to use it, right? But you're going to send it back and forth a lot, and which is carbon footprint. They probably have to clean it, I would assume. Dry cleaning costs so, and chemicals. Yeah. So, like, that's where I'm like, yeah. is it better? Who knows? I don't know. Obviously, it's going to come out in the wash if it is, and people are going to talk about it, so we'll see. But interesting concept. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. You want to hear another crazy thing in sustainable fashion? I would love to. Okay. So, you know, I went to Amsterdam for that event, right? You did. (laughs) And I was the only person, well, there was a couple people doing reworks and stuff, but most people there were developing technologies. Mm -hmm. Totally random compared to what we do but this one company was doing virtual clothing so you can literally like superimpose yourself with an outfit for an Instagram photo instead of having to go buy something so you when I said we're all going to be wearing just white robes for the rest of time then well, we're going to be wearing green screen robes and then you just boom I don't new outfit it just, yeah. I, I mean, that I'm more down for. Like, I get it. Less pressure to figure out what you want to wear. Saving the world, obviously. But don't you think it's so crazy that it's come to this place? Where yes. The technology like that, like, I could see somebody developing that as, like, a hobby project. Like, ha, let's make this app where you can, like, put clothes on yourself. But the world of social media and the world of Instagram and the world of all this you know, like the internet is so big that people are going to pay to have an outfit superimposed on their body just for a fucking picture. So is that the direction I should be taking my friend? <laughs> um, I don't really know. I just thought I'd fill you in on that tech. That's fucking crazy. Because it's like, people do buy shit just for photos. People come shopping yeah. and they're like, I need to go get a fit for my, my Instagram photo. If you're an influencer or... Mm-hmm. Do you have some shout-outs, Meredith? I have so many shout-outs. First of all, shout-out to my sister because she requested I do it. She did? Well, I talked about her a bunch, too. Yeah, so tell us what your sister does because we didn't say that. She is an insanely talented jewelry designer. She makes all my jewelry. see this wedding band? Holy fuck. It's from your sister. That's incredible. Yes, it is. Um, We also did a collab when I opened the shop and... Um, we have an ID bracelet, a ring, and a necklace. And her Instagram is at Army of Rokas. Also, she gave life to the cutest little girl in the universe, Ross and Lou, and I love her so much. So shout out to Rawson. Doesn't have an Instagram, but is often on mine. <laughs> um, Shout, give shout out to who got you in the game. We kind of talked about it, but who would shout you say? Shout out to Skylar at Mintage. Yeah, shout out to Skylar. And you guys are still good buds. You go picking together. We do. You go to, you go to Palm Springs together. You go to Hawaii together. You guys are like travel buddies. He's my gay husband. <laughs> I always say, like, I'm good. This is why I don't need to, like, date or get married. I'm like, Skylar and I vacation together. There you go. Um, 
So, who else? Shout out to Mallow and Mama Loves You Vintage is their Instagram. Yeah, and they're in Toronto yeah. on Queen. They're kind of close to our store on Queen. Toronto. Um, who else? I mean, shout out to everyone I've ever met in life and anyone that shops at Lil Life. You guys are all the best. And shout out to Vancouver. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> uh, do you want to shout out anyone? No, I'm good. Who, what's next for you? I give, I give thanks to nobody but myself. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. I got, I got mad shout outs, but this oh is your episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is your episode. Um... What do you mean, what's next for yeah, me? Yeah, so you asked me what's next for me. What's next for Low Life? Uh, low Life, we're going online. We have a bunch of uh, new, like, printed vintage coming out today. And then more coming. Um, we just did a shop update and kind of renoed one side of it as a tribute to my teenage self. So it's worth checking out. So Low Life is located on Broadway at the corner of Broadway and Kingsway. Kingsway. It's 245 East Broadway. Yeah. And it's in the Mintage Mall. Shout out Mintage Mall. Shout out Mintage Mall. Um, but just like come in and walk directly to the back and that's where we are. Sweet. Okay, we're going to end it here. You guys got to take the challenge. Cut out toxic people in your life. Mm -hmm. Go follow Shop Low Life and Murder Death Rokus. It's Ruckus. Ruckus. <laughs> Murder Death Ruckus. Go follow her. She's private, so she might not accept you. So we'll see. But um, I'll accept you. <laughs> Thank I, you for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. This was fun. See you guys next time.